Welcome into another edition of Region Roundup. I'm James Boyd here with Mike Clark. Mike, as I always ask, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, we are making the transition on the Illinois side, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Football is over. Um, spring sports, which are called summer sports this year because we're cramming all of these sports into this uh, tiny window, um, are underway. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. I went out to see my first high school baseball game in two years yesterday so good to know that i can still keep score and uh, <laughs> know you know what's going on so that was fun it was also we we're recording this on wednesday so it was that was tuesday was what 87 88 yeah, degrees so it was uh actually you know a lot of times as you know from covering high school baseball and softball, you know, you kind of think, well, it might not be a bad idea to be in the press box because it's so cold. Well, it was, you know, I was invited up to the press box and I said, no, I think I'm going to stay outside because it's so nice out. And it's actually, I had to find some shade. So, um, but yeah, so that was, that was good. And, uh, you know, um, it feels more and more like, uh, you know, closer to, normalcy i mean it, i won't say that we're there yet obviously but uh, uh later today as we speak i'm going to be getting pfizer number two so excited about that as well hoping for no uh, adverse reactions uh and i know we've talked about this before and i don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here but it's it is kind of interesting that uh you know i've talked to a lot of people and the Side effects run the gamut from nothing at all to folks getting kind of laid up, you know, feeling like they had uh, a bad case of the flu. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, it's no, I think you're. COVID, so there you go. It, it, it absolutely is, <laughs> and I'm not. I, you know, I mean, even if uh, even if it hits me a little bit, you know, I'm not complaining at all because uh, it's another step closer to uh, a fall uh, or a full rather. Um, 2021-2022 season of uh, sports. So anyway, uh, with all that being said, uh, you wrote some interesting uh, stuff this week and uh, actually last weekend uh, when you, you said you were taking off, but I know you were filing stories all the way through the weekend too, so <laughs> yeah. no, nothing new about that. But uh, what, a, uh, what a wonderful story about uh, County Med quarterback Mark Flores, who you've written about quite a bit before, you know, this program is, uh, you know, really elevated itself, um, and it's been through some tough times, too, um, but uh, what a great story about Mark Flores and his mom, uh, especially heading into, I guess, Mother's Day this in a couple of weeks, so, you know, you tell us how that kind of all came together. Yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know, Mark Flores, uh, like Mark alluded to, is a, he was a star quarterback and linebacker at Calumet. Last fall, they won their first sectional in the program history. But um, aside from that, uh, the column was basically about my relationship with Mark. Um, I know him pretty well. Um, it started off because of a tragedy. Um, his teammate, C.J. Walton, um, passed away after being found in the school's pool unresponsive. Um, I believe this was in 2019. Yes, because this was the year before the pandemic. And uh, Mark balled out 
you know, later that week, the, the, the game right after that death um, and dedicated it to his teammate. And now he's dedicating everything to his teammate and his mom who uh, passed away February uh, 2nd. And she was 44 and she, uh, you know, the way he put it, she was his everything. And um, she had a, a liver cirrhosis and, and, and she also had a bout with COVID that ultimately, um, you know, took her from her family. So long story short, the story is basically about how Mark has persevered through an extreme amount of adversity and just tragic situations to earn a college scholarship to Kentucky State, HBCU, by the way. Um, and he, uh, you know, believes that football scholarship came from his mom. So I talked to him about his mom. Um, I could tell he was kind of hurting. Um, I have a lot of these kids on, on social media and he posted a long thing about her when she passed and you know, you never know what to say to anybody going through something like that, especially because I never lost a parent. Um, so I don't know, you know, how that feels. So all that being said, I try to respectfully give um, these kids an outlet to talk if they want to. And um, it's not like a random, oh, I heard your parent passed away. Can you talk to me? Like, I've known him for years before his mom passed. Um, like I put in the column, I prayed for him and many others to to just stay focused. Um, I know they have a lot of things that can kind of pull them away where they're growing up in Gary and, and, and with the circumstances they deal with. But, um, you know, I gave him a chance to kind of just speak his mind on the whole, on his whole high school career. I mean, he lost a teammate and then he, you know, had a season where he was wondering if they're going to play at all. Cause Calumet got, didn't even start until about week seven. Um, so there, I think they were the last region team to start, if not one of the last teams to start back up. Um, during the pandemic and you know his senior year he's a good football player he's not a division one football player so it wasn't like he had all these schools clamoring to get him he kind of had to play his way into you know a scholarship and how do you play way into a scholarship without a season so he had that weight on him um, obviously they did have a season and like I said they won their first uh, sectional in program history and then after that you know he's uh trying to find a college scholarship and trying to find some way to believe in him give him a chance and he loses his mom so uh, I just gave him a chance to kind of vent and uh, shared part of why I, you know, admire Mark and, and why I love him. Um, it feels weird to say that out loud, I guess. But I mean, I really do love all these kids. And, and I think that it shows in the work. Um, and like I said in the in the column, I don't pray for them to win I, uh, games. I, I personally don't think God ever cares who wins a game. Um, you know, I joke with my dad whenever my team wins or his team wins. We're usually rivals. It's like, you know, Jesus was wearing my jersey today. But, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, though, I really, really want a lot of these kids who face some circumstances that a lot of us will never face in our lives to understand that they are still worthy of, you know, success and, and, and opportunity. And, and, to, and I pray for them to get those opportunities. And now that he has one to go play football, I'm just uh, praying and knowing that he's going to succeed, you know, at the next level. And by succeed, I don't know if he's going to go out and become, you know, one of the best linebackers. He was recruited as a linebacker. I don't know if he's going to be one of the best linebackers in school history or whatever. I mean, just getting a degree um, and, and carrying on, you know, for his mom. So um, check it out. I encourage you all to do so. I got a lot of positive emails about it. People seem to like when I uh, dive into people's uh, lives outside of sports. It's funny, like the biggest sports stores are the one that seem to travel the furthest, Mike, besides like the big, you know, obvious recruiting stories or, you know, someone winning a state championship, it's usually the stories that 
you know, have a sports background, but expand beyond that into a person's life and, and, and the things that they've gone through and things like that. So um, I enjoyed it. Like you said, I, I was supposed to be off and I wrote that during the midst of my second dose symptoms of uh, the Moderna vaccine. Luckily, they weren't too bad. And uh, it honestly gave me something to do. I was sleeping all day. And uh, so I got up and did one thing to feel good about myself. And that was the column. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I think is uh, useful to point out, um, you know, uh, people ask us, uh, ask me, I'm sure they ask you too, you know, like, uh, what are, what stories are hard to do or what stories are easy to do or how do you do your job? I mean, I think people are curious about our jobs and, uh, when you write a story like this, um, you know, people, and there's some journalists even too, um, who kind of shy away from this stuff, you know, and I think it's out of you know, from a coming from a good place, which is, you know, I don't want to intrude on somebody's grief, but one of the things that I've learned over the years, and I've written a few of these stories as well, is that a lot of times folks want to share stories. Um, they want to share their feelings um, mm-hmm. when they lose someone who is so uh, central to their lives, as Mark's mom was, is, uh, you know, I'm, you know, it, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't want to get too deeply psychological into it or anything like that, but I mean, it is it is part of the part of the process, you know. Um, it's a tough, tough, tough thing um, when you lose a parent who's 44 years old, um, when you're a kid, um, because you don't think about the possibilities of that happening. Um, and... Uh, you know, you've written again about Mark and his leadership qualities. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't understand, you know, who may not be, you know, as close to the situation. I mean, you know, what Calumet has accomplished, um, you know, what Rick Good accomplished. You know, he, is, he has since left the program to go take over Lake Central. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of scrappy kids, basically. Yeah. Um, who banded together um, and pulled in the same direction and have achieved you know, some pretty amazing things. And again, as, as you mentioned, you know, in the midst of losing a teammate, um, in Mark's case, losing uh, the center of his life, um, you know, it's, and this is, uh, this is why we do this. Um, you know, this is why um, our work matters. Because these are the stories that people are going to remember. You know, I mean, you know, I talk about this, you know, sometimes it's like the individual games, you know, they come and go. Um, and a lot of times, you know, there's not a lot of uh, shelf life for those type of stories. I mean, it's not like we're going to stop doing them because they're important too. And they're important in that we get out to see people and talk to people and get ideas for other stories. So, um, but the stories that linger, the stories that stick in folks' memories are stories like this. And Mark Flores, I guarantee you, is going to remember this story for the rest of his life. He's 17, 18 years old, and he's not ever going to forget this. And a lot of people who read it are going to remember it too. And uh, think about 
you know, just uh, what what he's been through. And again, thank him for sharing his story, you know, for being willing to do so. Um, we appreciate that. As you said, you know, we when we do tell these stories, we are very conscious and very uh, aware of the fact that this is a privilege for us to be able to uh, shed a little bit of light on uh, on people's lives and uh, and on their stories, and we never ever take that for granted. So, um, yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up. Um, and again, you were busy over the weekend. Uh, one of the other stories that I know was reported a little bit earlier, but came out um, was uh, Craig Bazia's uh, very very busy spring. Um, mm-hmm. He wrapped up his tenure at. Homewood Flossmore as their football coach, and uh, he was actually also in the midst of uh, setting up his program at uh, Crown Point, including uh, bringing over Zach Wells, who has uh, had a long history as a successful head coach himself at Merrillville before he went to HF to join Buzz, and now he's uh, staying with Buzz, uh, coming back to Crown Point, coming back to the Duneland, as it were. Um, you know, kind of a crazy time for Craig, um, you know, but I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good crazy, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I thought the most interesting thing he said to me about the whole transition was that, you know, if Crown Point administration wasn't okay with him finishing out his spring season at Homewood Flossmore, he wouldn't have taken the job. So that kind of shows how much uh, that program meant to him. And when you spent, you know, 10 years with the program, obviously, uh, it becomes a, a part of you. And um, for what it's worth, in all 10 years, uh, he led him to the playoffs. <laughs> and in Illinois, you have to qualify. So it's not always easy. And um, obviously, his 11th season this past spring was, was different. There was no playoff six-game schedule, which for HF was actually cut to four because of COVID. Um, you know, and even despite that schedule, I talked to a couple of his former players. They were really appreciative um, of him sticking around. I know the running back. Illinois State recruit Sean Allen was telling me uh, in his own words, uh, you know, Coach Buzz showed us a lot of love by sticking around. Uh, and, and none of the kids were upset about it. I think they, honestly, they were kind of like, you know, this guy taught me so much about football, so much about not only winning on the field, but like winning in life and being prepared. And um, one of the things I didn't include in the story, but uh, <laughs> Sean and uh, Miles Walton, the junior wide receiver, told me, uh, that Buzz is like a perfectionist. So, you know, if they messed the play up, he would run it over and over and over and over <laughs> and over, Mike, in practice. I mean, and you see why his teams were so successful. Um, so I had a chance to stop by Crown Point not too long ago and catch up with him and talk to him about how tough it was to end it at HF, but also how excited he is to start it up at Crown Point. He views Crown Point as the last stop of his coaching career. He's also coached in the region at Michigan City and Portage, led Portage to a Class 5A runner-up finish in 1994. Um, So, you know, he's well-respected across two states, and um, it is a big deal. I think that, personally, this was a home-run hire for that program. I think you stated that. Other people have stated that. I mean, it's it's a good hire. And just being in Crown Point's weight room, um, which was actually my first time actually being in it. I've walked past it and seen how nice it is, but this is my first time actually stopping in. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful facility. I know all their outdoor facilities are nice as well. 
top of the line and um they have a bunch of kids and i think that they have all the pieces to really become you know a a powerhouse in the dac and and possibly the state i know people are probably going to think that i'm crazy but you know you give them time to get some kids in there and work with them um you know i think the sky's limit for that program because they have everything else that you you know that you would want you know so now it's just about getting your schemes together getting the right personnel in there as far as players and then you know, taking it and running with it. And it's not like Crown Point was a bad program anyways. I mean, they won their, their last sectional championship. I want to say it was 2018. And they were, in 2019, they were, you know, a point away from, from t- you know, going to overtime with, with Merrillville. So it's not like they're, they've been a bad program. They've just been okay. And I think that he's, you know, his goal is not to be okay. His goal is to be great. So um, the, the new, you know, Crown Point athletes who are not new, but the, the kids who, have him as their new coach are excited about it. And I'll talk to the kicker, Sammy Brewer, um, who was getting it done in the weight room that day. Um, you know, much to the liking of their, uh, their, their training and weightlifting coach. Uh, I believe Miles Garrett, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's something Mike on, you know, that guy, is, I feel like all weight room and training guys at any level of like high school college athletics is, is just kind of crazy. And you need that. That's a good kind of crazy. So, um, all of that to say, um, yeah, I'm excited for the future at Crown Point. Um, I believe that the DAC is the strongest um, conference in the region if, as far as football goes, and you know, I'm just excited in general for that for that conference. I mean, you got Maryville, who's who's proven to be very very good the last few years. Valpo, who's been the standard for not only the you know, uh, the DAC, but the entire region the last few years. And like I said, you got Rick Good going to Lake Central trying to get them turned around. And then you got Craig Buzia going to Crown Point. So you got some some big time uh, people coming in to, to lead these programs. And I'm just excited in general to see what's next. And he told me that this is his last stop, Mike. You know, this is it. So I'm sure he does not want to end on a sour note. And, and, and even with the guaranteed playoff burst in, 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 in Indiana, I think he wants a little bit more than just uh, getting in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's worth mentioning, too, he beat leukemia in the last couple of years. Um, yes. So um, that's been part of his journey at H, is finishing up at HF. Um, you know, it, is, it was a good, it, it, he was, it, it was, well, I don't want to say it was a good thing because COVID was not a good thing in any way, shape, or form, but it was not um, a bad thing for him to not, have to coach last fall because he was still getting his strength back and uh, he was able to coach this spring, you know, because he he doesn't coach halfway. Um, so he feels like, you know, he'd be cheating the kids, which he wouldn't be. But, I mean, that's that's his mindset. He thought he would be cheating the kids if he didn't, if he wasn't able to go, you know, full bore 100%. So, um, and he's 59 years old. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see how long it lasts. I know that he is totally and a hundred percent invested. Um, gotten to know him pretty well. Um, you know, he, he's region through and through. He went to Griffith, he's, you know, coached at Portage, coached at Michigan city. Lives in now Hubbard. at Crown Point. Yeah. I mean, so this is, this is a region guy through and through loves the region, loves the, you know, the, the history and the legacy of region football. I mean, he went again, he, he was he's from Griffiths, you know, which had the tremendous legacy under you know people like Les Thornton and uh, you know then uh, later Russ Radke. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to see what Buzz does. Um, and now 
even though basketball season is over, um, and I guess probably because basketball season is over, things are kind of shaking out a little bit. Um, we've already had some coaching changes. Uh, David Prokop, the uh, Valpo assistant, takes over at lacrosse where Preston Frame resigned and uh, Dominique Nelson resigned at Calumet. Um, and again, it's uh, one of the things that's going to be kind of interesting is uh, there's two really big hires for Calumet coming up. You know, to replace Dominique and to replace Rick Good, two guys who uh, really changed the culture for their programs at Calumet. And uh, it's going to be key for them to get the right people to come in to kind of build on what's there already because there's a good foundation. And the one thing that, you know, you certainly hope doesn't happen is, uh, you know, that, the, that things don't. Are, are not maintained to the level that they were under those two coaches. So, yeah, I mean that's that's just the bottom line. I mean, just to uh, give you all some insight into Coach Nelson, um, he led him to a sectional title in 2018, which ended an 18-year drought. Um, they won a, the the Greater South Shore Conference Championship or conference title the, the next year in 2019, which ended an 11-year drought. Um, he was a two-time GSSC Coach of the Year. He was a Times Coach of the Year. Um, and, and, I mean, to me, you have to look at where Calumet is. They're technically located in Gary. Um, and, and, and to be fair, they're not going to get the same kids as a Westside or a Bowman. I mean, just frankly speaking, even 21st century now. So they're pulling from the same pool of kids and don't really always have the same amount of talent. But, I mean, anybody who's seen Coach Nelson coach, you know that he's always maximized the potential of what he's had. And then the one year that they did have some pretty special players, one of them being uh, Davion Davis, who uh, is now at uh, uh, IU South Bend. He, um, you know, he was one of the better guards in the region, and, he, and they were able to, to, to win a sectional and in the following year win, win, win the conference. So they were a really good team. Um, when they had really good players and even when they didn't have a lot of great players or, or, or you know, uh, college caliber players, they were still a respectable team. You couldn't just look at Cali Man and say, oh, that's a win. Like they were going to, you know, give you a game and they're going to play defense. They're going to play hard. And, and Coach Nelson was going to yell and scream and sweat on the sideline and <laughs> get down in his defensive stance and, and be like that sixth man for them. So uh, he was one of my favorite coaches um, from a coaching standpoint, from a personality standpoint, character standpoint. Um, you know, every coach I talk to for every coaching story tells me they want to teach their, their kids to be young men or teach them to be young women and, you know, life lessons and all that stuff. And it's, it's definitely a cliche, um, which I don't mind, you know, Hey, you know, if you say that, I can't say you're, you're not about that. And, you know, I definitely included in the story, um, after I get past the main, the main quotes of why you took the job and why you resigned, things like that. Cause you know, that's the real story. Um, but, uh, he, he is a hundred percent true about being there for those kids um, I mean, you know, he's the type of coach, drop him off at home, give him something to eat, take him on trips. I think he was big on taking them to see different stuff. He took them to see uh, Dwayne Wade's jersey retirement and Marquette. Um, you know, they got to the university a little bit, and he just wanted them to see, like, there's more to life than, you know, Calumet Township, than Gary, than Calumet. So um, I'm excited to see what's next for him. He said he's going to keep coaching. Um, he just wants a, a fresh start, and he felt like he maximized what he could at Calumet. I don't think anybody could doubt that he uh, helped 
change the culture and, and kind of give them uh, an, an identity as far as being, like I said, that hardworking, hard-nosed team. And, and, you know, so it was fun talking to him. He was the type of coach. Uh, he would just call me randomly to talk about basketball. He knows I'm a, big, I'm a big basketball guy. So, you know, I wasn't too surprised every couple of weeks if I got a call from Coach Nelson um, just asking how I'm doing and, and what I'm thinking and, and things like that. And, and one of the things that I appreciated is that he would advocate for any kid around the region, you know, so every time I send out all area forms or ask for suggestions, you know, some coaches will legitimately give me like, you know, all five of my players are all first team. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's ridiculous. But uh, he told me, hey, I don't know. Have you seen this kid? You should go check him out. He's pretty good. I coached him over the summer for my, you know, summer program where I, or I saw him play against us and he, he seemed like he was pretty good. So he was a really, um, you know, solid, fair coach. Um, I think that. You know, he, obviously there's going to be moments where you butt heads with the kid. But uh, he was stern, man. I think he was fair, but he loved you. Like, he wasn't going to be a pushover, but he loved you. So, um, like I said, I'm excited to see where he goes. And then the same thing with Coach Pro Crop over at Lacrosse. Um, I know he's excited about that. He uh, was really tough on him to leave Valpo, and especially Valpo Unified, um, you know, which helps out kids with intellectual disabilities um, to participate in sports. Um, he's kind of been like a pioneer for that program. And really, now you're seeing more pop up in, in the region. I talked to him about how Portage has an, a unified sports program now in, in Hobart and others. So um, it's becoming more and more of a thing in the region, which I'm very happy uh, about. And he was saying he's already thinking about trying to get it started over at Lacrosse as well. So he's a really good guy as well. Um, down to earth, as real as they come. And I think that both of those guys, um, you know, obviously one leaving, one stepping into a new role. Um, whatever happens next will be good for them. And I'm excited just for uh, Pro Crop in general because he told me he loves the lacrosse 1A, you know, uh, unique gym vibe. So, um, you know, it's not always attractive to other people, but he was saying I kind of like the 1A vibe because it's a true community thing, and I got a taste of that with Couch's run this past year. I mean, you know, if you're able to turn a program around and even have, you know, you don't have to go to state to get loved in the PCC. Um, you basically just have to be in the PCC. Um, so, I mean, as long as you're invested as a coach and you're trying, whether, you know, wins, losses, whatever, they're going to support you. They're going to back you. Um, so I'm excited for him, uh, to join the PCC and, um, you know, basketball, like you said, it's kind of ended, but it's always this year round thing. Um, and this is the time of year where you see some of those coaching changes. And, um, this is when I tweet at John Harrell to, to update his coaching list and things like that. And I thank him as well for, being, um, you know, the guy who keeps me in check as far as who's going where. <laughs> right. And uh, as, as, uh, as mentioned earlier um, in the pod, uh, I'm rep- I just wrapped up Illinois football season last weekend. Uh, went out to see TF South in their finale. TF South uh, finished 4-2, lost to Lamont in the finale. Um, and it was one of the in this COVID year, um, they did something that a lot of teams didn't. They played their entire six-game schedule, and they played every game that they were supposed to play um, that was on the original schedule. Um, as you mentioned, with HF, they played four games. A lot of play, a lot of teams wound up playing incomplete schedules because either they were on COVID pause or uh, their opponent was, and they couldn't get a game. Um and uh, some of the teams that did play six games, like Loyola, which wound up being the number one team in the state, uh, wound up having to pick up two opponents on the fly. So TF South 
playing all six scheduled games. That was a, a victory in and of itself. Um, they have a few kids going on to college. Uh, their quarterback, Isaiah Lewis, is going to Milliken. Um, their linebacker, Chris Cox, is going to Upper Iowa, which is Division Two. Uh, Wilson Buckley, who's uh, one of their running backs, is going to Lake Forest College. they got a few other kids that are still kind of wrapping things up, uh, you know, in this crazy COVID recruiting season. Um, as I said, I went out to see some baseball yesterday, um, which was great. Uh, you know, it, it's... Illinois uh, sports have been different from Indiana's. You know, as, as everybody who's listening to this, I'm sure knows, Indiana missed the last spring season. It has mm-hmm. basically plowed through. Um, you know, with last fall, winter, and into spring now, and uh, it's uh, much been much much different in Illinois. Uh, they played uh, or they. Contested low-risk sports last fall, which were golf, tennis, um, swimming, cross-country. Um, and then that was it until January um, when the IHSA and the Indiana, or, sorry, the Illinois Department of Public Health, rather, uh, finally gave the, uh, or came up with the uh, a framework for doing sports. And again, it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of nuts because between the end of January and the middle of June, they're going to cram every other sport in. Yeah, um, and, it, gets, uh, it gets crazy. And nobody gets a postseason except for the spring sports, which didn't have one last year. Right. Um, so there will be a baseball state tournament. There will be a state track meet. You know, and those are good things, obviously. Um, but everybody is still kind of, uh, you know, it feels like a whirlwind, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, because of the way the schedule came out, you know, there were a lot of coaches who were coaching two sports, kids who were playing two sports, you know, who had to make decisions. Um, nobody's complaining about, the kids are not complaining about being athletes because, you. I mean, as you know, um, you know, kids just want to play. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. Right. Um, you know, they want, they want to get out there. They want to, they want to hit a baseball, they want to shoot a basketball, they want to throw a football, they want to run a 100-yard dash, all these things that, uh, you know, seemed up in the air and maybe not going to happen. So it's it's been a it's been a great thing to see the, the joy of kids, you know, just being out there um, with their friends, um, you know, especially the seniors, obviously. You know, I've talked to a bunch of seniors since sports restarted, and uh, you know the opportunity that their senior year, in many cases, has been not anything like they would have expected. You know, a lot of kids spent almost the entire year um, in remote learning, sitting in front of a computer, not seeing their friends every day in the classrooms and the hallways, not seeing their teachers except on a screen. Um, you know, prom is another big thing obviously for seniors it looks like there's going to be a prom for tf north and tf south they're, they're it's not going to be a traditional prom but they're going to work uh talk to the superintendent actually the school district and, and we're going to i'm getting a little bit off topic here but i mean it's all part of the high school experience yeah, you know sports sure. athlete, sports prom athletics you know and uh you know as we get toward the end here um you know, we're recording this on what April twenty eighth, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, you know, graduation's right around the corner. Yeah. Um, 
and there will be prom. As I said, you know, uh, there are sports, so it's it's a great thing that the kids are getting a chance to experience some of the traditions that everybody took for granted. I mean, you know, when you and I were in high school, well, me a lot longer ago than you, but <laughs> I mean, you know, you think about all these things, you know, and I mean, it's just part of your senior year. You know, it's it's something that you look forward to. And I mean, and I think about the athletes in particular, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm, you know, kind of going off on a, on a tangent here, but, you know, it's like a lot of these kids, as you know, you know, grew up going to games. You know, it's like whether it's West Side basketball or Andrean baseball or, you know, um, Balpo football, all these kids grew up going to games and dreaming about their senior years, you know, about, mm-hmm. man, that's going to be so great when I'm a senior. And, uh, you know, it's going to be so much fun. And uh, to have the possibility of that taken away was a tough thing. Um, but again, they're getting as much of an experience as they can. So, um, and that kind of segues into our next segment, which is about um, some senior basketball players um, who are going to an All Star game. Yeah, so I uh, wanted to get this in. This actually, I think, just got announced, I believe. Today, this will be uh, the game will be Saturday. It's the 16th annual Hoosiers Reunion All Star Classic. Um, for those of you who are, I guess, clueless, um, obviously the Hoosier Classic is at, <laughs> at the Hoosier Gym. Um, you know the famous one from the film and all that type of stuff. Uh, so it's it's a pretty big deal for anybody um, who grew up in the state of Indiana who got selected to this team. Um, so it, it's 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 fun. Um, you know, p- part of me wishes I could go just to like see the gym and, and see it. And I think, uh, you know, someday down the line, I'll have to check that off my bucket list. Um, but uh, as far as the players selected, we had two seniors from the region on the girls' side and two on the boys. Um, the two on the girls' side were Courtney Blakely and Trinity Thompson. Obviously, Courtney Blakely led the state in scoring at 31.7 points per game because I wrote so many stories about her, I memorized it. And um, <laughs> we also had Michigan City's Trinity Thompson. Um, who averaged a double-double and dominated, you know, for the second straight year. I mean, the girl was basically a walking 20 and 15 for the last two years. And uh, she's going to Northern Kentucky for college. Courtney Blake will be going to Middle Tennessee State. And then on the boys' side, um, we had, we had uh, Chris Mantis from Lowell. Um, he's going to Appalachian State, um, all-time leading scorer at Lowell, um, you know, uh, Indian all-star snub, <laughs> as some people put it. But he's, I mean, he's a, he's a great, great player. Um, so he, I'm glad that, you know, obviously you, everyone wants to be the indie all-star. Um, he didn't get a chance to do that. But um, this is also a, still a big nod. And then one surprising one uh, was Mason Nicholson from Westside being selected to, to participate in this game. You know, I'd expect to see, you know, Kamari Peterson or Krishan Christmas. But um, I think for Mason, this could be a good opportunity for him to be just be seen by some coaches. He uh, had a foot injury that kind of messed up his, his senior year where he wasn't able to really be himself when he came back. And I think that uh, by now he's probably fully healthy and he'll have a chance to kind of show uh, these lower Division One coaches or even some Division II um, or JUCOs that he can, he can play. Um, he's a very formidable um, player in person. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, I think I used the word gargantuan in my article about him not too while ago. Now, I don't think I've ever used that word ever for anybody else, but he is gargantuan. If anybody is, it's him. 
Um, he's six and, foot uh, ten and close to three hundred pounds. I mean, he's a, he's a big player and he's mobile. Um, he's very raw, but at the same time, like I said, it's gonna be a great audition for him to uh, hopefully get a chance to play at the college level. And let's not forget, he's a good musician too. So. That too. He said he plays the clarinet. I'm still working on getting some video of this because I think that he would just be the biggest person ever in the music room. And I also have to wonder, like, you know, is it does it take less effort for him to, to play the clarinet because his lungs are so big? Like, I don't know. So, um, yeah, I, it, it's cool that he got a chance to go. Some other notables, just to mention real quick, um, on the boys' side, they'll have um, Luke Good, who's the Illinois recruit. Um, and then they also have... Um, Caleb first, who was Mr. Basketball, and they also have, I believe, um, Brooke Barnsheiser, and a couple others that you can, um, check out the list. I believe it's on Twitter now. I was looking for a while, like, dang, like, when are they going to put this list out? Because they were <laughs> announcing each kid at once, and I'm like, okay, is that, does that mean the list is over? Like, am I going to get officials ever? Um, then on the girls' side, we also had Jayla Smith, who was the, um, Miss Basketball, uh, you know, uh, and then we also got... Allie Becky from Brownsburg, who was the, who played against Crown Point in the state championship. She's a star. She's going to Ball State. So there's some other uh, big-time players on both sides. Um, tickets are sold at the door, surprisingly. I was a little surprised to see that. So, you know, check it out. This is, uh, again, this Saturday. Um, the girls' game is at noon. The boys' game is at uh, 4. That's Eastern time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for them to have that opportunity. And it's a great way to kind of cap off your senior year. Um, what better way to kind of get a tour of such a historic gym and also to play against some of the state's best. So on that note, that's all I have for this week. We'll check in next week and, and hopefully, uh, you know, by that time we'll have more to talk about, which I'm sure we will. And, um, you know, until then, stay safe, keep wearing your mask and uh, get vaccinated, people. The, the, it's, it's a lot easier now. I know in Chicago, um, where a lot of my family is, they, they even have like walk-in appointments now. So, you know, take advantage of it and do whatever you can to keep yourself and your family safe.